Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. the great divide of America. The rumbling has begun as we travel back to a place where the world began as a new season begins on this, our American Godcast. I'm Alex. Art thou an old god or a new god? Or like a middle-aged god who's still <laughs> like coming into his own a little bit? You choose. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And you're listening to American Godcast, a podcast for American Gods on Stars. This is an episode recapping the first episode of Season 2, House on the Rock. We are back. Gods are back. Religion is back. The Lord is back in our life. And I feel full. I feel full now. I feel good again. Uh, now, when you say, Alex, when you say this podcast is for American gods, do you mean the listeners or do you mean us? We have a very small listenership for this one, about 12 people, and most of them died. So, oh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, the gods, <laughs> okay. I mean. The well, gods we died. should resurrect them. I mean, you got to believe in them hard enough. That's the main thing. It's like believe in our podcast, believe in gods, and good jam thing. Jam a lucky coin into their bodies. <laughs> Yeah. When they die. Listen, if there's one thing we want to ask you guys to do on this podcast, it's jam a coin down your throat, then listen to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, why don't we Why don't we say after they're dead, then join, jam a coin down their throat? That's going to be hard yeah, for them to do. That's not weirder. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the coin jamming. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. So Drop let's do a recap we'll so far. I'm sure everybody listened to our season two previews here. Well caught ahead with uh, what's been going on in American Gods. But just in case not, there's a guy named Shadow Moon. He is an ex-con who does not believe in gods. Ran into a bit of a rough time when his wife, Laura Moon, died uh, sucking a dude's dick. And... <laughs> Uh, I don't, that wasn't the cause of death, Alex. Uh, no, it was. It was kind of. No, yeah, she was, she was sucking Dane Cook's dick, which already bad decision because that's Dane Cook. And then right. uh, if she wasn't sucking his dick, he would watch uh, what he was doing on the road, and then they wouldn't have died. So Justin. That's exactly why they died. Right. I'm Here, just saying that's not a terminal. It's not like, uh, oh, you did that. You definitely died. I don't I'm know. I went that. to the hospital the other day, and they said, "I'm sorry, you sucked a dick." <laughs> you're, oh, you're going to die. Oh, it's sort of uh, like uh, like the Ring, uh, the movie The Ring. Yeah, you suck or, a dick. Except instead suck. of watching a video, you suck a dick. <laughs> and then seven days later, that's Guys, it for you. Sounds too homophobic. I don't like it. Uh, okay, it's not no. homophobic at all. Tell you what, I love sucking dicks. I would suck so many dicks. Let's do yeah, this. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, better, Pete. Great. Yeah, this is going real well All so right. far. So anyway, Laura <laughs> time Moon to put died. your money. Time to put your money where your mouth literally is. <laughs> Laura Moon died, uh, but she came back to life thanks to a magical leprechaun coin from a guy named Mad Sweeney, who is not a guy at all, but actually a very tall leprechaun. Uh, Shadow Moon, meanwhile, got hired by a guy named Mister Wednesday, who turns out to be the god Odin. Odin is trying to navigate a war or a potential war between the old gods and the new gods. The new gods are folks like uh, Media and Mr. World and the Technical Boy. Technical Boy. Technical Boy. Uh, And the old gods are exactly what you'd expect. They're Odin. They're Chernobog, who is a Russian god with a big hammer who wants to kill a shadow moon based on a bet that they had. Uh, And other gods like that. There's Bilquis. Who is uh, yeah. a uh, sexual god? I, I don't know. What was she the god of exactly? She, yeah. God sex. of sex. God of uh, jamming people in her vagina. Yeah. The queen of Sheba. Queen of Sheba. Uh, she actually fell in some hard times and kind of teamed up with the new gods, which we find out more about this episode. There's also a genie, a djinn, 
who uh, had a sexual dalliance with a man named Salim, who's a cab driver. Salim traveled across the country to track down the jinn because he had fell in love with him when that happened. And all of this is coalescing on a place called House on the Rock, which, again, we find out more about this episode. We'll talk about it in a moment. Uh, The last thing you should probably know that doesn't really play into this episode, but at the end of season one, Easter, played by Kristen Chenoweth, caused an enormous drought and essentially killed Mr. World, or at least killed one of Mr. World's surrogates. So that's where we're at going into season two. The old gods have won the first round against the new gods. Uh, The new gods are down, but probably not for the count. And Shadow Moon has decided (laughs) he believes in gods, or at least he believes in something. He believes in something. Yeah. So that's where we get to this episode. Let's talk through it. Uh, Before we do, though, one thing we talked about in our preview episode quite a bit is that there was going to the season was very fraught. There was a lot of things that changed behind the scenes. There were a lot of questions about how it all worked. So at least with this first episode, how are you feeling about it so far? Uh, I I feel like uh, I didn't notice a difference uh, from season two. Uh, you know, from I, I was worried it would look different or feel different, but to me it felt very similar to the last season, so I was happy about that. So far it doesn't feel like uh, we're missing a beat. Uh, yeah, I agree, actually. It felt, um, the look and feel felt the same, felt like a nice continuation. It was telling, though, that we didn't have uh, Easter at all in this. Yeah. I would have thought. Or, or media. Or media. But, I, I mean, as in the beginning of this episode, it's Mr. World's like, hey, let's find media. It's like, oh, I think she decided not to do the show this season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you think that's what they're going to find? Yeah, I was surprised that, uh, you know, uh, Young Technology or whatever his name is wasn't like, no, no, no. DJ Young. Makes... It's DJ Young Technology. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. My bad, my bad. Uh, DJ Vape Smoke wasn't like, hey, listen, she didn't sign her contract, so she's not going to be in it this year. Yeah, I... Uh... It took me a little while to get into this episode, to be honest. It felt like some of the scenes were scripted a little more straightforwardly. Maybe that's misremembering or downsizing what happened in season one. But I mainly remember the whole thing feeling and being written like a fairy tale. When the first half of this episode, there were a lot of scenes that felt a little more conventional to me. It was about halfway through when they hit the carousel that it really started to feel more dreamlike and it feel like it hit its stride to me. Um, so there was that. Yeah. Oh, you would say the second half, it really took off the second half yes. of the episode. Yes, I You're would a, say that. A piece of work, Zelvin. I tell uh, you, you this is, well, if you why? don't listen to our other 30 podcasts, Pete takes uh issue with the fact that occasionally I you can split look split things in half. It's, you don't look at them as a whole. I'm, you divide them. But it, no, I do them. look at them as a whole, but also I look no. at them in the pieces. And if it wasn't as strong in the first half of the episode as the second half, I'm going to call that out. The other thing that I will say, though, that I was reminded almost immediately of is this show has the best cast on television. Absolutely. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, wow. It's insane how good this cast is. Orlando Jones, so good. Peter Stormare, so good. Ian McShane, so good. Ricky Whittle, great. Uh, absolutely excellent. Um, Emily Browning is all also excellent. Uh amazing, amazing cast that they put together. And I did kind of forget that for a while. Oh, also Crispin Glover. Also amazing. So it's great to see Crispin. Oh, good. Anything else you wanted to say about that? It felt like there was more. No, just Crispin's good. (laughs) You know, he's he's been overshadowed. He's been overshadowed by his brother, Don. uh, uh, Creepy Thin Man. Uh, Mr. World. Mr. World. Is that who Crispin is? Yes. Yes. Okay, all right, just checking, making yeah, sure you, I knew You may know talking. him as the dad from Back to the Future. Oh, right. right. Like get, get your goddamn hands off of her. You might also nice. recommend him, uh, you might also uh, remember him from, I believe it was Willard, the remake of the yes. original Willard. Famous movie, everyone loves Willard. Yep, he was friends with a rat. And then the sequel to Willard. So many. The sequel to Willard uh, was Ben, which had the theme song Ben by Michael Jackson, but we don't talk about that anymore. Yeah, that's over. That's all over yeah. with. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so let's point. jump into it. Uh, should we walk through the plot? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, we kick off with some sacred golf. 
Oh yeah. How'd you like that? Who are, were you guys? Are you guys golfers? Um, sacred golfer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I enjoy hitting the links. I really thought that. Cool. You sound like you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, actually, if you knew golf, you would know that that's a term. No, I know it is. But you said I sure like hitting the links. He means eating sausages. Yes, <laughs> I thought you meant playing um, the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> that's what I mean when I say hitting the old links. I got to be honest. I like doing all three simultaneously. Play a little Legend of Zelda on a golf course while eating some sausages. Triple legs. Crushing the legs. Love it. So, yeah, we started a golf course. Guys playing golf. Uh, Mr. World is escaping with the technical boy, runs over this guy immediately. Uh, And they end up going to the secret government project called Operation Paperclip, I guess, or they break. It's called Blackfriar. Blackfriar. But um, Paperclip is the way to get in. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna try that, though. Next time I'm in a golf course, I'm just going to walk up to every camera and hold up a paperclip, see if that works. <laughs> it won't work any worse than your usual strategy, which is to just walk in regularly. <laughs> uh, I, I was surprised about this. I was mainly surprised because I did not get the impression at the end of last season that Mr. World was so down after what happened. But I guess so. Yeah, I mean, well, to your, what you said earlier when you were doing the uh, recap of last season, like that was a big loss for them. And it, you can tell that they that was part of their plan that absolutely failed. And so he's in like a, a rebuilding moment here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so their whole plot line, though, over the course of the episode is they're trying to play, break into this place. They're trying to find media, as you mentioned, and ultimately they use this governmental installation to gain revenge on Mr. Wednesday, which we'll loop back to at the end. Uh, Now, let me ask you, where do you think media is hiding? uh, She is hiding in... YouTube Red? (laughs) She's (laughs) hiding in the casting room until they could recast her part and get somebody new who is going to be playing new media. I think you know who they should get to play uh, media? Tyler Perry's Medea. Ooh, that's pretty good. They did go for somebody Tyler Perry younger. To play I'll, Medea. I'll, I'll look up who it is while we're talking, but uh, there is a new actress they got to play it. But that's also Medea is media. Yeah, how young is Medea? Uh, Tyler Perry's Medea. Yeah. I believe she's very close to death, according to the movie that's coming out soon. Yeah, that's dark. Oh. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, so after uh, they break into this installation, then we cut back to our main characters. They're all on the road together. Um, I thought this was a fun sequence. It was nice to see everybody back together. Yeah. Uh, all in the car together, road trip, classic. Uh, again, yeah. I've got to say, like, there's been so much time since the first season. It took me a while to be like, wait, did they all decide to get into a car together or... What happened yeah. exactly? And they felt uh, it felt that way, though, I think almost purposely, like everybody felt uncomfortable in the car, it seemed like. Yeah. I thought it was weird that Mr. Wednesday was driving at it at one point. He seems like a dude that just rides. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, when you're on a long road trip, you got to take a shift, man. Uh, you got to take turns. Kayun yeah. Kim is an actress who's going to be playing new media. She was on Shameless, among other things. That's cool. Yeah, there you go. It's pretty cool and for the, the role has changed from media to new media, right? Yes, exactly. So, see, that's fun. Yeah, that is fun. Uh, it does feel like, I mean, I'm curious to see, not to get too sidetracked, I'm curious to see how they play it out because to me, Technical Boy is new media, kind of. Like, it's yeah. sort of the same thing. Yeah. But I assume she's going to be like Snapchat and TikTok and whatever. But we'll see. Yeah. And as I said, I've, I auditioned for the role of podcast and I'm still waiting to hear. Okay. I hope, um, fingers crossed. Uh, I'm the god, be I'm the god of fingers crossed is what I am. Uh, so we get them in the car. They're driving to House on the Rock. Uh, there's a little bit of friction between Laura and Shadow Moon. How do you feel about that, Pete, as our main relationship expert on the podcast? Oh, well, yeah. I, th- I thought it was earned. <laughs> I, I like the fact that there's a little tension. Um, but, you know, I feel like it's heading in the right direction. And I kind of like the way... That in the car, they were showing everybody kind of from different angles and different seats. And it was fun to watch everybody kind of like eyeball each other. Because uh, where we kind of left them off, there was that tension that I think really played out. 
but it was interesting as the episode kind of went on, they do kind of get in, talk about the relationship a bunch, not to each other, but other characters kind of talking, especially the leprechaun and the dead lady talked a lot. <laughs> I'm glad yeah, you remember friends. all of their character names, Pete. That's, that makes me very happy. Uh, yeah. Well, she's kind of called dead wife. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Matt Sweeney, they do call which her is dead the wife. leprechaun, yes. calls her dead wife, but her actual name is Laura Moon. Yeah, yeah, she says she's Laura Moon, but she's no longer Laura Moon. Oh, man. You suck another dude's dick, and you can't keep the last name. <laughs> Jesus. That is, that is not how it works, and yeah, a weird... pretty sure, pretty sure it is. Yeah, that is. Pretty this sure. is, uh, if you suck a dick, you actually suck the last name out of that dick, so he no longer <laughs> has that last name, and now you have the last name. So it's Laura Dane Cook. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's both right. of his names. Just well, Laura, Laura just Cook. What, Laura Cook. That's Laura what a great time they were having in the car. <laughs> oh, she sucked his first uh, name off, too? Yeah. Sweet. He, Dane, Dane's not using it. Yeah. Uh, I, the House on the Rock, um, the sort of origin about how roadside attractions are yeah. the churches uh, of America and the history, I guess, mostly in the 20th century, the Americana of all that. I thought that was really cool Me and too. a great sort of uh, sequence of scenes to lay out this place and give it its importance. But I also thought it was interesting that that's really not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. It, like well, people, it doesn't seem like people stop at those roadside attractions as much. And uh, I, I thought that what you do? I, I think that's still very much a part of road trips. Wh- where do you go? Like, I think you know, people it, take fewer road trips. Really? Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when if that's the last totally road true. trip. I don't know, from a guy who lives in Brooklyn, I feel like you're not the expert on this. I, I'm going to I'm going to back Pete on this. I do feel like we have a bit of a skewed perspective living in New York. I feel like the rest of the country does a drive a lot more, but b drive yeah. places for vacations a lot more. Well, I'm, but I'm not talking about. I know people drive more in places without subways, but what I'm saying is, uh, I think people in general just aren't. Uh, that's less of a thing as uh, an activity or a vacation. Do you think because of the rise of Mario Kart, we've been driving to non-virtual places less? Uh, exactly. That's, you get your driving in that way. Yeah. And there are no roadside attractions in Mario Kart. Right. And uh, when you're driving in real life, uh, nobody throws uh, turtle shells at you, which is a real bummer. That's not true. Whenever I'm, I'm coming home from the bar late at night, I, <laughs> my Uber, I th- wing turtle shells at anybody in front of me. I I also throw banana peels outside of uh, my window when I'm in a car. Yeah, I got to say that was my big problem with this whole sequence is no turtle shells, no bananas, nobody got a power-up star at any point. Uh, at one point, Shadow Moon did say, yippee, which was really nice. Yeah. Oh, I mean, there was a giant bullet, so I feel like that kind of, you know. <laughs> a bullet, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, I see what you're saying, Justin. I do think people take road trips. I think, like, it's the difficult line this show has to walk is that the book was written in 2007, and House yeah. on the Rock is such an iconic sequence in the book that they're not going to cut it out. Also, the House on the Rock exists. At least, I, I've never been there, but at least according to Neil Gaiman, the way that he talked about it, he said they had to tote it down for the show, that it's actually crazier in real life than what they built and what they shot um, on the show. So, I don't know. I, I think people still go to these things. People still do check out the things. I'd, I'd be curious, so you guys listening at home to the podcast Hit us up at Comic Book Live. I know I usually joke about this, but really I am interested. Like, what is the last uh, roadside attraction you visited? Or what roadside attraction have you visited in the past that you thought was particularly interesting? Uh, Last time I was driving across the country, I stopped at the giant Golden Buddha. That was pretty fun. Hmm. Uh, I stop. Uh, Do you stop? I, I mean, clearly you don't, right? Stop at roadside attractions, Justin? Oh, yeah. I mean, I do. I'm just saying... In my life, though, I feel like I do that less. Like, we always used to stop at south of the border when you're driving south oh, uh, yeah. down I-95. Yeah. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina. The North Carolina, South Carolina border, there's a crazy... Oh, I love that. Pedro, south of the border, baby. But I'll you tell never you what, saw there, such a place. You never saw such a place. Um, there are much fewer, <laughs> many fewer billboards for south of the border than there used to be. I think you have to go off the main roads, though, right? Like, you have to go off I-95 or something like that to find the really weird roadside attractions. And House of the Rock is in the middle of the country. It's not 
necessarily the main road, right? I think. Yeah, no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying everything's off on 95. Uh, I'm just saying, get roads. out of your little bubble, man. Uh, <laughs> cool. I I did really like how they it would kind of like they were listening to the radio and they changed the channel and they started talking about House and the Rock and kind of like zoomed in the radio and yeah. then zoomed out like a road sign. I thought that was really artistically uh, well done. Yeah, and that was yeah. uh, narrated by Orlando Johns as an Nazi, right? I think you mean yeah, Mr. Nancy. And yes, uh, Mr. Nancy. And it seems like it that's taken the place at least so far um, of the backstory on the gods that we got to see all of last season, which I really loved. Yeah, some of my favorite parts were those those sequences. I, I'm really happy we're getting more Orlando Jones in this new season. I felt like. <clears throat> He he did. Uh, he was a little too underused for my mm-hmm. taste in the first season, and gave some amazing, powerful monologues. Uh, again, we probably shouldn't spend too much time speculating at the behind the scenes. But as we talked about in the preview episode, at least the rumors were that Orlando Jones did a lot of rewriting on this season, particularly as we go on. Um, and I wonder if this sort of thing points to that—that that we will see more. Mr. Nancy here to create that connective fiber versus the varying stories that we had the first time around. I mean, can we just call him Spider-Man? Uh, that's, that's very confusing. <laughs> Let's call him uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, yeah, and then we should call this uh, this podcast Inside the Spider-Verse. <laughs> <laughs> that would make the most sense. Yes, so they yeah, get yeah. to the House on the Rock, and uh, after we get the whole tour there, they head inside, and they meet up with the djinn. The djinn is approached by Salim. I was super surprised by this whole sequence. Like, this was the part that I was talking about before that sort of threw me a go. little bit, just because... Everything felt so godlike in season one, so dreamy, as I mentioned in season one. And then here, Salim just kind of walks in and he's like, Hey, how's it going? I'm in love with you. And the Jin's like, Whoa, whoa, you got to get out of here. And then some other people show up and he's like, You got to get out of here. And this whole sequence to me felt like very conventional in terms of the way that people were talking to each other. Did it strike you guys that way or was that just me? Uh, I kind of liked the kind of like, Holy crap, you're here, but I'm at work, and I can't... Uh, dude, what are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. You're in danger. I thought that was kind of cool, the awkwardness of that conversation. I thought they were kind of playing to the realism of that moment. Um, yeah, it didn't strike me as that, uh, but, yeah, it was just, you know... Yeah, I, I agree with Pete. It did feel, like, purposefully uh, sort of like an episode of Friends, in a weird <laughs> way. Or just like, hey, what's up? Um, with us and because I also that was uh, right before we got this great sequence where we moved inside the fortune telling machine mm-hmm. yeah uh, so I, I, it felt purposeful and not just like oh shit we didn't shoot the scene with Salim and the gin <laughs> I, I just wanted their reunion to be a little more epic after everything uh, but I, I get what you guys are saying so as you yeah. mentioned, we do go inside this fortune-telling machine. Everybody gets their fortunes. Mr. Wednesday has a thing about uh, a man's fortune is his own business. And then immediately Shadow Moon reads off his fortune, which is very weird. Uh, well, it's classic Shadow Moon. Yeah, it is classic Shadow Moon. Uh, Mr. Wednesday, of course, mentions that fortunes will make sense in retrospect, which if you are a fan of the show, that's you should probably hang on to whatever that is. If you've read the yep. book, you certainly know what is coming and what all of that means. Uh, certainly. Yeah. Yes, Pete. Did you, did you notice, though, that in his fortune, it does talk about dead people? And I thought maybe that was a thing about his relationship with uh, the dead wife. Could be. Could be, Pete. I don't, could be. I don't want to spoil anything. There was also a line about um, something being hung on a great tree. That, to me, is clear allusion to uh, like Christmas. Yep. And nothing else. <laughs> uh, I liked Laura Moon's tr- uh, fortune was, uh, your lucky color is dead, uh, which felt really on the nose for her. Yeah. Wait, yeah. no, didn't yeah, she, she get a, she, she got a blank card? It was blank. Yeah, it was blank. No, but there was... The, no, there was stuff written on it, I believe. It was blank, Not, and then the lucky number, because your lucky number is zero, uh, your lucky color is dead. It said uh, on the back. Oh, did it? I believe so. She, they, she said the line. Huh. No, I totally missed that. 
I and, think it happened. Yeah, I walked out in the middle of the episode for half an hour and did some other stuff, so I might have missed a couple of things. That's cool. I'm glad you got those errands done, though. Dude. Yeah. Oh my god, it's great. You were planning your trip to uh, the giant paperclip in the middle of <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin. Project right? paperclip. Very excited. Yeah, that's great. Uh, the whole family is excited <laughs> that I'm leaving on my own to go see that. Cool. Yeah. Oh wait, maybe maybe it was shadows was your lucky color yeah. instead. Yeah, yeah, shadows. Uh, was yeah, Loris was black, and then they hold yeah. they had the whole conversation about uh, what does that mean? And I think it was Mad Sweet who was like, maybe because you're fucking dead. So, so yeah. But yeah. do you think, given that, given that her fortune is blank, does that mean is that just that she's dead, that she has no future, or does it mean something else? I I would like to say though that like. With Mad Sweeney, like he comes great responsibility. Mean, uh, Mad Sweeney is like mean to dead lady, but then he was like stuck up for her and was like, I'll just give her a coin. She's dead. Let her get her fortune. I thought that was kind of nice of him. I think that's their relationship, right? Is yeah, he clearly does like her and wants to help her out, but that's not what his nature has been like the, all of the centuries of his life. So he is coming around to a more sympathetic uh, relationship with her now that they have spent more time together. And uh, Orlando Jones summed up nicely when he said, you know, you're getting a fortune from a wax dummy, you dummy. <laughs> he was yeah. great. The whole episode, all of his stuff, undercutting everything and lying about everything, so good. I I love him on this show so much. I love his look. I love his delivery on everything. It's fantastic. Classic Spider-Man move. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Zelman's growling. Yeah. yeah, that is sort that's of a, a, Yes. So anyway, a, then they all head in uh, to get on the carousel together. Shadow Moon yeah. hesitates a little bit, but then eventually gets on. This is a sequence. Because there's a sign. Yeah. There's a sign that says, clearly, don't get on the carousel. This is almost this whole sequence, almost this whole episode, with some exceptions, is right out of the book, or at least the House on the Rock stuff is right out of the book, down to the description of the carousel moving faster and faster and faster as it goes around, the lights speeding, until they end up in this other place. Uh, so that was cool to see, just being a fan of the book. Uh, and then they end up yeah. in this other place where Bilquis is, and Bilquis says, we're basically, we're backstage. Yeah. Now, that's a pretty important thing going forward. We're going to see that a lot more going forward, is kind of this front stage, the real world, what's happening, and then the backstage, which is... Not exactly the God's world, they explain it, uh, but more inside Mr. Wednesday's mind or inside the collective minds of the gods. Yeah. They, and it's where you wait to take the stage for when you have your role. As a classically trained actor, oh, uh, I'm go. happy to answer any questions <laughs> and discuss any questions about what it feels like to be the backstage. Yes. Well, uh, when you are backstage, does it feel like you want to yes. be on stage? It doesn't. No, you know to wait for your part. You need mm-hmm. to wait for your uh, your entrance, as they say. Oh, sure. Um, it was no, sorry. I just uh, I needed some clarification. Now, you use the word entrance. What does that mean? Yes. It's from the uh, Latin word entrance, and it means to hypnotize someone to walking through a door. Ooh. So there's a door. Oh, there right. are that's there are doors right. on all of the stages, or how does that work? I, I've sometimes never been you on enter stage, if you so. if you're if you're working in a really smart production, mm-hmm. you sometimes enter through the audience. Oh, that sounds fun. Like yeah. like it's like if if Shadow enters the show from backstage through your living room. That's uh, the only show I've ever seen is Cats, and they did that there, <laughs> and it was very yeah, fun. It was very very effective. Oh, it's great. The cat sat on me. Oh, gross. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, uh, yeah. Pete, Wednesday, did you have any questions about the stage? Not from you, no. I don't have any, any interest in hearing you fucking monologue about your acting Ooh. stuff. Let me ask you, Pete. Who, Peter, who do you <laughs> ask your stage questions to? Uh, I don't ask stage questions anyway. All right, so what was weird was Wednesday had mentioned a couple times uh, – you know, the backstage area. And then 
Billquist was like, yeah, we're in Wednesday's mind. So I didn't think that like, I didn't put that together that backstage meant Wednesday's mind. I just, uh, well, not, no, not to, not to break too much, it. but you know, we do a live show every Tuesday night at the pit loft, which is totally free. Please tell, please tell your friends. Uh, and when we <laughs> go backstage, we're actually in my mind. Yeah, that's a part that I find to be super weird because hey, uh, we Zalbin? have to, before we go on stage, sit in such a perverted place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you need to clean up your mind because it is weird back I'm there. I'm sorry. It's yeah. uh, messed up. It's weird. I, I've yeah. sucked the too many. The dildo couch is very uncomfortable. I've sucked too many dicks and taken too many names. Yeah, exactly. That's a big problem, especially when I'm trying to warm up before oh, I take the God. stage with my co-star. Pete LePage. <laughs> Pete LePage picks pickled peppers by the persimmon puke. He does this oh. every week. Every week, guys. It's absolutely delightful. Uh, moving back to American Gods, though. So he follows Bilquis into this temple where we finally see the gods revealed in all of their glory, what they yeah. look like. Yeah. How, how that did, was awesome. Yeah, you like that, Pete? Uh, that was my main question is how you felt about the design of the gods. Was it everything you had hoped for? Yeah, it was really cool to see them all godded up and uh, kind of with their glowing auras and all that kind of stuff and the regalness of it. I thought it was really cool to see each one uh, and kind of like what, they're, what they kind of are perceived as. It was pretty neat. Yeah, how about you, Justin? Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was super cool. Um, and this was a, a debate, a war council. So it was cool yeah. to reveal them in an interesting way and then get right into the action and see Shadow deciding like that ah, now is a good time for me to give a speech. Yeah, Shadow Moon finally monologuing it up a little bit there. I thought that was a pretty good speech. Well, But it's like when your least, like the friend you know the least shows up at your party and is like, I got some opinions to say. Hey, well, sometimes you want that outside perspective, though. You know, sometimes it can, uh, you know, cut through all the BS. Because right, those I guys guess I... were going back and forth like, I don't, I'm an old god. Yeah, but the new gods are getting powerful. But I'm old. I don't want to fight. It's like, come on. I'm going to take that as an invitation to show up at your work, Pete, and just start. <laughs> all right, great. Please do. Uh, See you tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I'll throw out to you. I mean, my take on that is I think Mr. Wednesday is still running a con, basically. Like, he he needs Shadow Moon for something. There is more that we need to find out about Shadow Moon. Certainly, when Shadow is on the carousel, we see his third eye open, which is something that a regular human being shouldn't be able to do. Mr. Wednesday and all of the gods have already established that they need belief to survive. Bilquis has this whole speech about how she's learned from the new gods through social media. She can be powerful again. She can get followers again. And then Shadow Moon gets very upset on behalf of Mr. Wednesday, who is kind of playing his, oh, poor me act. Oh, won't everybody join up with me? And Shadow Moon steps up and gives this rousing speech about how much he believes in Mr. Wednesday, and suddenly everybody's on Mr. Wednesday's side. So the way that I take that is, that is why Shadow Moon is there. That Mr. Wednesday essentially tricks Shadow Moon into giving a speech about how much he believes in him so that he can power him up, so that he can convince the rest of the gods and use his coercion powers to tip them over onto his side. He juiced him. Yeah. Well, it's weird because you're... The way you're describing that, Zalvin, it's almost like you think, um, you know, Mr. Wednesday is evil. And it I know that he's not like the, uh, you know, the bad guy because he's, he's fighting, you know, the new gods. And it seems like the new gods are more evil. But it's uh, it's kind of weird because it's like we're rooting for Shadow Moon. But if Shadow Moon's back in a bad guy, it's kind of a conflicted... Uh, I mean, I would say at the very least at this point, this is, oh my gosh, what was that? What happened? (laughs) Uh, That's what happens when you shit on uh, the gods. Yeah, don't ever talk about the gods. If you didn't hear what happened, uh, Pete's uh, rack of bowling balls fell down. uh, Right at him. Gods just slapped that microphone right (laughs) out of your mouth. 
at least on this episode, without jumping ahead or anything like that, but at least on this episode, I would say that we know Mr. Wednesday is a, not a trickster god, but he is a con god. He is supposed to be yep. a war god, but con god. Con god. Uh, that's what when you guys get like super wasted at San Diego Comic Con, you're also con gods. But he's a con god in a different way. <laughs> the king of San Diego yeah, is what I exactly. say. Uh, he's pulling, he is pulling a con. Like, that is his mode, is he convinces people, he coerces people. And that's what he's doing here. So I think, Pete, you can still be on his side and support him in his war against the new gods. But at the same time, he's going to use every tool at his disposal to get what he wants. And in this case, his greatest tool, both meanings inherent to that, is Shadow Moon. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Um, and I, I thought it was following that scene where they're all got it up, we, we see the gods hanging out in the Motel America, sort of yeah. dipping into the true Americana uh, and having a just a down-home uh, motel party. Yeah, that was some good-looking motel food, by the way. Yeah. Uh, very well, I mean, good. you know, even though it's a motel, I mean, there's still gods, right? Can't you, you know, conjure some shit or something? I don't know. Well, but then they have that whole conversation, which I thought was great, in, uh, in that motel in the diner area where Shadow Moon is like, was that all real? Was the carousel real? Was any of that real? And nobody answers him. Absolutely nobody answers him. Yeah. And it was really fun, but it was very curious to me why they're still threading that needle with him when he has seen all those things. Is it just them mocking him or is there something more going on there? I think it's the, I mean, they need, they need shadow to be just like off kilter at all times because he, it took so long uh, for him to believe in Mr. Wednesday tenuously. And now he tenuously does. And then they need him to not look too hard at who and what he's believing in. Because otherwise he'll see through the con, I think. Well, that's interesting because uh, to me it just seems like why wouldn't you tell him what's going on or, or at least give him a little answer his questions a little bit because that would make him trust you more, you know? But if they're, it's, if they're obviously lying, then having him trust them will mean that they expose themselves. And also we don't. We still don't know what Shadow is. Like, we don't know what Shadow's deal is. There's clearly some secrets he still needs to figure out about himself. And to your point, Justin, maybe whatever they need to get Shadow Moon activated, what, again, whatever that means, is to keep him off kilter, to keep him off balance, to keep him wondering about things, asking questions about things, unsure. It, it might be that if he just accepted they were gods then the amount of belief he would have that he would be feeding them would be even. But instead, if he's not sure if they're gods and then he sees a miracle, he's going to be much more wowed about it, which potentially would give them more energy. That's why you always set the bar low in all of your relationships. Yeah. I'm I'm sorry, what? So you're constantly wowing people. Yeah. I always, on a first date, what I like to do is I let my date walk in on me sucking a dick and I'm like, (laughs) I'm just taking their last name, bro. And then we go on the date. That's, that's great. Yeah. I've been married for uh, years. <laughs> that makes so, a lot of sense. Uh, I would, I, there was a really, uh, the God of Hammers there, whatever his name Chernabog. is. Chernabog. Yeah, thank you. Uh, there was a great moment with Shadow Moon and him where he was like, uh, aren't you worried? Because he's smoking. Like, aren't you worried about getting cancer? And he's like, I am cancer. I thought that was a badass line. Yeah. Also, yeah, Peter cool. Sturmer, much better beard this season. That was nice. Like a yeah. real thick beard. It was very impressive. I feel like um, in that scene also, Laura Moon is starting to look better for a dead lady. Mm-hmm. I feel yeah. like at the end of last season, she was really falling apart. Do you think that's just... Um, a production change, or do you think that's an actual change to the character? I think that's proximity to Shadow Moon is what I think. Yeah, Yeah, so it is. She's feeling better. Yeah, I think it really is, because she has been drawn to him. She literally can see his light, as we're reminded about at the end of the episode. Uh, Just to jump ahead to that, there's a whole attack on the diner. Many. Was it Mr. World is watching them, and then a god sniper shows up? Right, which is different than Mr. Worldwide watching them, as we discussed in the last podcast episode. 
Yes, yes, yes. yes. But he's also watching them because he loves TV. <laughs> uh, I want to talk. Mad Sweeney and uh, Laura had a fun conversation where she was talking uh, with Shadow Moon, and then he kind of like leaves, and then he like kind of ro- uh, rolls over and was like, "It's tough when uh, somebody takes something that you uh, love or something like that." Where it was like he's talking about his lucky coin that she has. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I thought it was really kind of cool the way that was written and then uh, acted out. Yeah, I at this point, and we discussed this a little bit earlier in the podcast episode, but to me, it almost feels like he's just kind of razzing her out of habit more than anything because he had his chance to take the coin last season. He wants yeah. to get it back, but he does not want to get it back at the cost of her life. So it's more he's kind of needling her a little bit out of you know, sort of that mean friendship more than anything. Well, and also he has no real role here. He's just around. Yeah. So it feels like he's like sort of, you know, pulling her pigtails a little bit just to stay relevant, to stay in the room. And, uh, well, it I, seems I, that's what like, I think it is. Also, it seems like the closer he is to the coin, he can be lucky around the coin. So he wants to kind of stay around her anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because see, there was that part where, you know, he slipped and then she got shot. That was pretty lucky. Yeah. So he wants to be near Laura. Laura wants to be near Shadow Moon. We got a classic love triangle going on. Oh, That's man. exactly right. Or just friendship line segment. Mm, I'm going to say love triangle. I think Matt Sweeney's love. fallen in love with her. Ah, uh, that's nice. That's, uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. It's a love triangle with a dead lady at the top. It's like the classic uh, Irish... Song. Yeah. Oh, this is the chime of the show where Alex <laughs> sings a classic Irish song. When a leprechaun loves a lady, but the lady <laughs> oh, doesn't love him back. She swallowed a coin inside her. <laughs> what? What? Don't? What? Well, Cut it off? No, stop. That is, stop. I only got. You know, I, obviously, I know that song really well because it's a classic <laughs> Irish song, and it's it's really. Apt to this, yeah, it's very applicable. Show. I didn't really think about it before. I guess so. With a lot of Irish songs, they just sing about whatever they think, <laughs> so it just covers. They cover a lot of ground right. in their Irish songs. Uh, it, it's funny. I've heard at least eleven Irish songs that uh, recap episodes of American Gods so far. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of spoilers if you listen to the. <laughs> Season season two of the Irish uh, folklore music. <laughs> when three boys are doing a podcast. <laughs> now, let me ask you guys. There was a moment where Shadow Moon and Laura were talking, and then Wednesday called Shadow Moon over. Do you think he's doing that on purpose to like make sure they don't rekindle anything? Sure, I love that. And one the of the moments. boys is always trying to stay on task. <laughs> Uh, I do love, Pete, that all of the moments that you've called out in the episode so far are somebody is talking to Laura and then somebody interrupts them. Like, clearly that <laughs> is very important to you, which is interesting. You love Laura. You love Laura. Peter LaPage is a lover. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. And he loves that Laura Moon. Okay, well, let's let's jump ahead to the end of the episode uh, because there's... To the end of the song? The, the uh, Same thing, honestly. <laughs> yeah. uh, at the end of the episode, uh, there's a big attack on the diner. Lots of people die, including Cloris Leachman. I'm not going to try to remember the name of her character, Uh, but she dies. Bunch of other gods die. Mr. Wednesday survives. Shadow Moon goes outside to attack the shooter who we don't find out the identity of. I thought there was going to be some sort of reveal there. Uh, And then he seemingly gets kidnapped by aliens, or at least that's what it seems like. Yeah. And at the end of the episode, Laura chases after him. She sees he's gone, watches his light disappear in the bar. Mr. Wednesday cradles Cloris Leachman. And that's how we end the episode. Um, What did you think about that? And what do you think is coming next? Uh, I thought it was a great, great sequence. The the uh, the sniper shots were gruesome. Oh, my God. Absolutely horrifying. That dude's dude, face gets yeah. opened right up. And then that dude's arm gets shut off, shot off. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. that was intense. That, uh, the brains coming out sequence yeah. in particular, <laughs> that was so gross. Totally yeah. 
visually different than what you expect with brains coming out, which made it all the more shocking. Uh, and then yeah. uh, Shadow got taken. Who do you think it was taken by? How do you think it was taken? Are we going to meet aliens next episode? I think he was taken by uh, Mr. World and Technical Boy. Okay. And I think that's where he's going to end But the up. weird part was he was like, okay, get the package. And then he sent another message that says terminate package. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was going on with that. Uh, just to jump back to the aliens thing, I'll throw out to you. I think that would be a neat riff just because they did mention Roswell earlier in the episode. And aliens are kind of our modern myths, right? So if they worked in stuff like that with Mr. World, with the technical boy, suddenly they have a bunch of little gray men wandering around. That might be kind of fun. Yeah, that's cool. That would take a a turn, turn. though. Yeah, that would be a weird turn. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm not not for aliens to jump into this uh, show. Did you guys watch the preview for the next episode? No. Uh, No. I, I would I would like to talk about <laughs> Wait, you uh, can talk about it. It's out there. Um well I just want to say the I won't say anything else besides the actor that plays um Chaos in those uh insurance commercials is in the show next week. Oh wow. Uh Chaos? And I was like Dan- Whoa. Dennis Haysbert? No, no. In the uh, Mayhem, sorry, Mayhem, not Chaos. Um, the commercials where the dude who has like a, usually a, a bandaid over yeah, his nose. Yeah, like, and, yeah, insurance is crazy. Oh, yeah. That guy, uh, Tina Fey's horrible boyfriend from 30 Rock. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's so weird that they cast him because he sort of plays an American god in the insurance commercials. Yeah. The god of mayhem. Dean Winters. Uh, so I thought, Dean Winters is the name yeah. of the actor. I thought that was a cool uh, sort of maybe crossover between um, like a – 10-year-old advertising campaign and this TV show based on a book that's uh, like 15 years old. I hope they sell us insurance. Listen, I will buy some. I need some. I'm super into it. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, Great. Yeah, I was super sad that uh, Cloris Leachman died uh, in the show. That was, she's... uh, No, that she, that was just the character. No, that's what I mean. Uh, Oh. uh, Like, I I thought, I didn't know gods could die. (laughs) I don't think they can, right? Like, they kind of can, but potentially if there is enough belief, they would come back. But the type of god that Cloris Meachman was, we already talked about this, not talked about this, but we saw this last season. There's just not enough people that believe in them anymore. That's why they're old. That's why they're not beautiful anymore. That's why they're not young, is because they just are, and they're probably living off of a couple of dozen believers, and that's pretty much it. So oh, me too. Same. Yeah. Yep. Couple, couple hand, a handful of believers. guys. Clap your hands if you believe in Justin, please. Yeah. <laughs> and I do believe in Justin. I do. Anything else? Anything else you want to talk about with the episode before we? Yes, I want to talk about. I liked how the hammer god uh, cursed whoever shot. Uh, I thought that was a fun moment. Yeah, Chernobyl. He really spit across the room. Yeah, there's nothing like a good cursing and then following up with a spit. You know. Yeah, Peter Stormer. That's. That's old, old God stuff. I loved it. He's great. Uh, how do we wrap up this podcast, guys? It's been a while. I don't remember. Oh, oh also, the music was really good. I liked the song at the end, and then early on, yeah. I thought it really kind of matched what was happening really well. Yeah, it really built I, really well and got better in the second half of the episode versus the first. Oh, you're a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> P, you, that's true of almost any form of entertainment. Is it starts out slow and then it gets good by the end. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally everything. Meals are like that. What? <laughs> you know how dessert's at the end? That's uh, the second half is the fun part. I eat my dessert first and my salad last. Oh, that's gross. Well, Mr. European over here. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. If you want to support this podcast. Pay- no, don't we, don't we choose who we worship? Oh, yeah. Who do, we, who do we worship? Is that what we do? What? I don't think that's what we do. That would be fun if we did it. Okay. <laughs> who do you believe in? Uh, yeah, who do you believe in, Justin, who brought this up? Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Really called out. Um, I believe in uh, – I thought uh, Mr. Wednesday was great this episode. I mean, like you said, there's so much great acting on this show. But Ian McShane really does a great job of being both 
old and uh, sort of sparkle in his eye trying to pull this plan together to do whatever he's doing. Um, really just great all around. Uh, I'll choose a Nazi, Mr. Nazi. I love Orlando Jones in this episode. He was a delight in every scene, and I'm willing to hear any of his stories. What about you, Pete? Huh, I I don't know. This is tough. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Odin just because it was cool to see him all godded up. Uh, he, I, It was the Got first it. time that I was like, oh, yeah, he really is Odin. Before, like, last season, you guys were like, don't you get it? He doesn't have an eye. And, fucking, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But it, seeing them all got it up really made sense. So I'm going to go with that. Cool. Uh, all right. If you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by. We'll chat with you about American Gods. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live. Check us out at ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. And we will see you at the House on the Rock. is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.